<laughs> almost like, yeah, like like you, exactly. Like you what hate we it, do. or yeah. like you just yeah. you know a part maybe you thought was super dope. You're like yeah, nah. Our song so. "Knowledge and Conversation." We actually rewrote that song like four times, I think. Oh, dude, easily. Four the times. the one you hear on the EP that was like the fourth version of it. I've straight up had bands on here where uh, the fucking tangents go so bad. The worst one, I'm so sorry, Fool's Brew, but I'm just totally... I love those guys, but like never in my life have I ever been... In a in a room with people who just cannot stay on topic like they can, it's it was so funny. Like the conversations were super duper funny. It was such a good time. But like they they got on and they were like, yeah. So we have this uh, we have this um radio plug that we got to do for like fifteen minutes, and uh you know so like we just got to you know at some point in the podcast do like a fifteen minute time span of where we talk about ourselves and all this other stuff. And I was like, great. And the first minute, I mean, like the opening thing, they were just like, dude, so the other day I was at the store and just gone. We ended up doing like the, <laughs> oh, we ended up, we ended up doing like the fucking uh, 15 minute plug at the, at the last 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Well, you guys don't strike me as that, those kind of people. We no, will try to stay on topic. Yeah, it might happen a little bit, but right. we'll try. Lumiel. That's how you say it, right? There's no like weird. Lumiel. That is correct. Lumiel. Okay. Where'd you guys like draw? Did you guys draw inspiration for that name from? You didn't get it from fucking Beauty and the Beast, right? No. Okay. No, that's, uh, <laughs> is that Lumiere? It is Lumiere. Oh my God. I, I think that's his name, about. yeah. No, with, that's not to be confused with the uh, lamb Lumiel. from uh, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Although still a cool character. Still, yeah, he was the man. He was absolutely <laughs> Great the man. fucking dude. I love uh, lamp based characters. Well, actually, Leo. <laughs> Leo uh, suggested the name, um, if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah, know. dude, it's basically just another name for, it's an archangel name. So it just means like the angel of light. And I think when you hear the angel of light, you always think Lucifer and you think people have so many connotations with that already. So if we're trying to do the same idea, but not have that connotation, because we're not like that. So it's like, well, I don't want to give too much away. Just check it out. Research it yourself. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it can get pretty pretty intense the further you go. So yeah. no, that's cool. I mean, if you guys have you know, if you guys derive your band name from something that like you know something that like deeply means something to you, yeah, that's, that's super yeah. cool though. I mean, it does. Shit, dude, we chose our our band name is like <laughs> we found like an old pirate ship and. We were like, all right, that's you know, that's kind of cool. Like, we already like the name Arabella, but you know, the pirate ship's a plus. Yeah. And then it wasn't until like months later we found out it meant something like totally sad boy emo in Spanish. (laughs) It meant she was beautiful. What? That's cool. I know, right? So like, so we found that out, and we're like, wow, let's tell people that, and not the pirate ship thing. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, but no, dude, that's super rad. What have you guys? been up to what have we been doing dev uh well we've been working on our first full-length album which has been going phenomenally 
Um, in this very room, uh, some just incredible melodies have been channeled. Our, our whole strategy really is just kind of let the flow come to us. Do you guys? So do you guys record all that here? No. Sorry, I jumped right in. Yeah, <laughs> like, we uh, for uh, like fuck that. Yeah, no. I'd say for like recording in here, we get. Shout out to the people of Tascam. Tascam, yeah. yes, that company. The secrets. Thank you, because we have a little Tascam that has it's just got like two microphones on it. We set it up usually like right over here. The DR40. Here. DR40. It's a good model. Um, and it, it, t- it sounds great. And we just record all our jams and we've gotten pretty much all our material, you know, from doing that. Yeah. Uh, we just record our jams. Sometimes we'll have like, you know, a 20 minute freestyle jam and we'll pull riffs from that later down the road. Yeah. Um, it's an invaluable tool. And yeah, we've had it for well over. 10 years probably you think we've had it more than 10 oh, years dude, easily 10 years yeah. so it's it's his dad's oh yeah. really shout yeah. out to my pops too yeah, for big letting us shout out to big J. everybody big J. give big J some love yeah um yeah it's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's what we do man we just record task cams and then like Jay said we review them but a lot of times you'll notice like I don't know how do you guys write your stuff I mean we so like we have so many different stages I feel like and none of them are fixed stages like Okay. Um, An example. Yeah. So, Giovanni or Austin, you know, a lot of times will come to the table with you know a song structure or maybe a riff or maybe a full like totally done, you know, song with bass and drums and everything. Sometimes what'll happen is we'll kind of we'll take that, we'll learn it, and then we'll just keep playing it like that, and we'll kind of work things out. All right, now let's change this, and then once we get to a point where we feel the song is strong enough. Mm. That's when we take it to Joe. From Joe, we kind of tweak things a little bit more, fine-tune it, get really good scratch tracks, really good pre-pro, and then we go out to a different producer. Like uh, this time we went to Bobershell out in California, which is where we were at for like two and a three weeks. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. We'll just kind of fine-tune them, tweak, tweak, you know, work on, get it to a point where we like it for a little bit, and then we'll kind of, you know, because I feel like after like two weeks or so of like listening to a song or even even shorter than that, you know, just like a couple of days of listening to the song after you've all been like, oh, okay, that sounds cool. You know, you kind of feel like, all right. You hate it now? Oh, that's... Almost, <laughs> yeah, like, like you, exactly like you hate it or yeah. like you just, yeah. you know, a part maybe you thought was super dope. You're like, yeah, nah. Our song so, Knowledge and Conversation, we actually rewrote that song like four times, I think. I'll do it easily for the times. the one you hear on the EP that was like the fourth version of it. It went through so many changes because yeah. of that. Like we'd be like, "Yeah, this is so awesome," and then we listen to the task cam like a week later and be like, "Well, that's your guys' longest song too, right?" Probably. Yeah, I would say so. Unless I guess tech, well, the shadow positions. It's technically meant to be one song, yeah, but it's singular in two tracks. Parts. Yeah, dude. oh for sure. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Yeah, so if you count that, that's our longest song. But yeah, KNC is. That thing's a beast. That's like one of the very first things we wrote. Yeah, when we had our old bass player Joey. I don't know if you if you remember that dude at all. He was only here for like you, six months. Yeah, I don't know. You've yeah. had so like like eight to months. kind of <laughs> to kind of play some context. Leo and I obviously have known each other for like a couple of years now, right? Since we've been practicing almost three here. years. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I am unfortunately. <laughs> Head dick. Head dick <laughs> at Loud Feather Rehearsal. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, um, that's what I do. Yeah. But so yeah, I'll, so, I'll you. so I've I've known you for a couple of years now and like I've just seen people come and go and I know you had a band before this and uh, I know that kind of everything just sort of fizzled out with that. But, uh, and I know you've kind of been just trying to work on different things 
And so, like, this is kind of the product of all that. Yeah, dude, this is two years yes. of work. To, almost two Have years to put Have you guys been jamming? Me and Leo go way back, dude. like, high school. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. We've been jamming in the same band consistently almost every week for 10 years. <laughs> Seriously, we've only missed, like, I don't know, maybe... I would say maybe 10 or 12 weeks total. Yeah. We've been jamming every week for 10 years. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. On so, some sort of set day and time, it's it's always happened. And, um, yeah, I think this band is, like, a lot of it is what me and Leo have always wanted to do. Um, but I think we were just... We just needed to get the right situation for everybody. And then once we found Dev, that was, like... Ah, the, icing, like the on icing, the icing on the cake. Dev there was the missing part. What do you have to say to that, Dev? Uh, I accept. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what was your experience like, dude? I want to tell tell uh, everybody in. Oh, it's been great. It's it's really like I, I mean I've been playing music, obviously not with these guys, but you know independently of that for like ten or fifteen years as well. And I've I guess my main goal really was always to just affect people emotionally. And, you know, now that I've gotten to this point, it's less about like, you know, making, crafting the perfect song with the perfect riffs and that making sure everything's flowed from a musical standpoint, more of just like, how is this going to be felt by the people perceiving it? You know, the people who aren't looking at it as a collection of riffs and beats and times and tempos and all that stuff. And just like, how will the finished product move people at a soul level? And I, this is the first band I've ever been in where that's not only priority number one, but it's happening. You know, and we feel it every time we play it. When we turn the task cam on and jam, like, I don't know if it's coming from muses or what, but there's some some beautiful stuff that happens in this room. So yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. a lot of fun. I think we're, that's the most important thing. We're all having a lot of fun doing this. Yeah, and I don't know. That's a that's really important. You know, when you're playing in a band or just music in general, like you gotta be having fun. Otherwise, it's like, what's the point? You know, <laughs> it definitely gets to a point where you're like, fuck. Yeah, it gets stressful. <laughs> Today is not fun. Yeah, it absolutely gets At stressful. all. We've had plenty of practices that just sucked or, you know, songs that didn't work out and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I love doing this. <laughs> it's it's great. How many more shows do you guys got coming up? Because I know I haven't... Uh, I apologize. I missed your guys' one at Penny Road, and then you guys also had one in... Do you guys have one in February coming up? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's on the 28th at the Cairo. So we're we're kind of doing a fairly even split balance between writing and playing. Right now, we've got about a show a month for the next few. That's smart. A lot of bands yeah. are like oversaturate. A lot of people, a lot of just artists in general just oversaturate themselves. I see people do it all the time mm-hmm. where like they'll be like, look, you know, they'll have it like, this kind of bothers me, but like they'll have it like when they, it looks like a tour. Like they're going on tour, mm-hmm. but then you look at the shows, <laughs> and it's like Carroll Stream, <laughs> Illinois, Chicago, right. Illinois, yeah, fucking right. you know Barrington, Illinois. I'm like, dude, it's like one after yeah. another, and you're like, yo, that's like all 45. Like, what the fuck? That's yeah. not a tour. So yeah. Don't yeah, definitely don't oversaturate yourself. I mean, shit. Occasionally, Arabella will fall into kind of, kind of one of those positions where like we'll just be oversaturated. Just like fuck. Now we got to sell tickets with this and this. We got to like really push right. the show. We got all this other stuff going on behind. You know, behind closed doors. So I, I think um, once we finish the album and get it out, I think that's when we're going to really start playing more shows. Because, uh, like Dev said, you know, we like to balance writing and playing shows. So, well, how long do you guys? How long are you guys planning on giving? I mean, the between the release of your guys' EP to like the full length. Honestly, dude, <laughs> I don't want to put a lot of time space in between because yeah. We're trying to we're trying to record in a, like April. We'll mm-hmm. Try to get it done by May and early June because I 
well, one, we want to have a summer release so we can start playing a lot of shows in the summer and fall. Um, but I also think, like, uh, another one of our goals is we're, like, I guess you consider us post-rock. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Kind of like, that seems to be the community yeah. we fit into, and I, I personally love that music. So that's, you know, we all we all really... Dev's kind of doesn't really listen to that too much, but now he's been into it more. Yeah, it was kind so. of a secret I mean, genre you're that cont- You're wearing me. a contortionist shirt right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you can add that one up. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like periphery. It's like, all right, all right, all right I got you. <laughs> but yeah, so we were just released uh, with a bunch of other awesome post-rock bands on, uh, there's this label called The Thousand Arms. And it's basically like the label of this band, Ranges. Shout out to Ranges. Those guys are awesome. Uh, CJ, he's, he's really cool. He's been a nice guy to us. He helped curate him and this guy, David Zeidler, helped curate this um, together. They did the thing for a thousand arms called Hemispheres. And they do these, uh, it's just a compilation where they put all these post-rock bands in there and they sought us out, which was amazing. I thought that they actually Mm -hmm. found us on Bandcamp. And uh, yeah, they just put that out at the end of last month. And then, so in the summertime, they're putting out a second one called Open Language. They do one every year. Summertime and a wintertime release. Yeah, so we want to have material ready to put out on that as well to be part of that again that was really exciting for us honestly like and i've said this before i i really think music is going to kind of come down to this where you have artists i mean you're you're seeing people do it now but you have like bands like it's just going to be like the thing where like every band releases like a song a month Mm -hmm. and that carries you for that month you know you and then by the end of the by the end of the year you've got you know 11 12 songs out then you just put the album out. You know, you're like, here, here's all of the songs, yeah, all right. on one album, and then people will buy that. Yeah, that you know, like, because that'll just be another money grab, and just another thing that bands will do. That like, you know, and you could do a music, you know, you could do a music video for fucking eight out of the twelve, you know, just for content purposes alone. Yeah, I mean, that's probably overkill, but like, you really could. And I sincerely think that that's how that's going to go because just the way streaming works now. I mean, like, like you can go on, you can just like a band puts out an album you can just go on to any streaming service and boom you got the whole album it's all done right you're yeah. over in like a week you know what i mean so like people want it like now now exactly now, now, the, now. the the supply and de- the supply is it I, I guess i should say the demand is a lot harder for the supply to meet you know what i mean like right so because bands will go in boom they'll put an out al- they'll put out an album and then people will listen to that. It'll be jamming it for, you know, a while. I mean, w- once you get it on playlists and everything like that and people just start hearing it, you know, one song at a time, mm-hmm. that's fine. Then, you right. know, then your views are still going up. You're still making money from your streaming. But, like, you know, the best, what better way to stay in people's, you know, right in people's eyesight than to just continuously be putting out music. I mean, you get, do you guys know the band Victims? Yeah, I have heard the name before. Has ever heard of Victims? Didn't Endo play a show with them? Yeah, and Endo knows those guys. Okay, yeah. and girl, um, those those humans. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out Victims. Uh, no, they're they're rad. They're they're super. I'm gonna get this totally wrong, but they're they're like a they're just like a legit hardcore like angry fucking band. Yeah, <laughs> like right on. we need those. <laughs> you know, yes, like you do need those. Like Catharsis. deep down angry. Like they and and the cool thing is about them is that they can fit in like so many different. I've seen them fit with like super heavy bands, and I've seen them fit with. Uh, like um, I mean I guess that show I, 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 no that's not true I've seen them play with like when we was kids and, and we've played with them a couple times um, 
So I don't know. I just see those guys do a lot of cool stuff. Anyway, not the point. Um, <laughs> part of the reason that I feel that they are so successful is because they're really good at putting out content. Yeah. If they're not releasing new music, they're releasing like a whole line of merch, you know, and vice versa. Like yeah. they're always constantly putting stuff out. And the cool thing is, is that they're at the point now where like their wheel is is turning. It's like self-sufficient now. You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. they're getting money for all this stuff. They're making all that money back. And then boom, they put, you know, more order. They take a little that's bit awesome, more away each time. Yeah. That's like the, that's the, the goal. Well, that's what you're, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's kind of where like we're, we're like kind of, that's our goal. Like we're trying to get there right now. That's where Arabella's trying to get to. And so. It's just, it's hard to just push that wheel so that it keeps turning and you don't have to keep funneling money out of your own pocket, you know, and just hemorrhaging fucking. And it's hard because you do, like you said, you got to keep cranking stuff out, but that costs money to do. Exactly. Until it generates money, you're putting money into it. Yeah, you can't just go out. Bigger artists obviously do, you know, people that have funding, people that have, you know, sponsors or, or whatever, but, you know, bands down closer to our level where they're paying for it either out of pocket or they've got to do like a GoFundMe, you know, or, yeah. or, or something, you know, they're, they're getting donations or whatever. Um, it's a lot harder. So I think, and for the sake of cost and I, for the sake of how relevant do you want to stay? Like if you put out a song a month or two songs a month, you know, whatever, like each month you're putting out like a small but satiating size of music or content each month and people just eat that shit up. Yeah, totally. I think the whole feeling of community, man, like I really think that that is beyond important, you know? Like, oh, I don't yeah, know, for what, sure. Like what, what exactly, what's seen or like what kind of community do you guys feel like your band fits into musically? So we got into... Not to put like genre definitions on you guys, but like what's this, you know, there's always a group. Oh, you, you mean like, like that? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, dude, fucking heavy music is so split into every subcategory. Right. Every yeah. subcategory yeah. has like 10 subcategories. Yes. You know, with just any, there's like post-rock, hard rock, heavy Sub- metal, hardcore, hard rock. Yeah, dude, it's just fucking <laughs> ridiculous. So... But like, what's the? Uh, technically, we fall into the post-hardcore aspect. Okay. Um, right on. But we're kind of uh, drifting a little bit more melodic hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we on some things we just flow so back and forth. Though. Yeah, yeah. Right? You so just, that's yeah. If you just wanted, if you just wanted to group us in the bl- blanketed, the big, yeah, the, the of the outline, it's hardcore. So okay. so yeah, like the communities with with hardcore, like. Ha- knowing people in the scene. Oh, fuck yeah, and dude. And like, dude, like, yeah, like, they're gonna listen to your album. They're gonna be like, oh, dude, Arabella, yeah, fuck, they just dropped a new oh, yeah. thing. And that's, I think cultivating that, I obviously focus on, you know, getting your Spotify game tight and getting your online social medias good. Obviously, that's important, especially today. But actually, th- I, I had to learn this the hard way because I was like, thought I was gonna be like, not talk to people and play music. Like, no, dude, yeah. you're going to have to get involved. Like, you're going to have to dig in and really get to know Yeah, people. you got to talk to people. You got to go out to the shows. Yeah. You got to, you got to, yep. one of the biggest ways that, like, I've seen people, you know, myself included, and it's a great way to just network and, and exactly like you said, meet and talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just go to shows or you go, you know, to bigger concerts or whatever, and you start seeing the same people, you eventually start talking to them. Yeah. Boom, there's like another person that you're networking. And now like you're able to get, you know, then some of these people are at a show that you're playing with some other bands that they like and they haven't seen you yet. And then they see you and they're like, oh, fuck that band. Boom. And then, you know, you just keep on doing that. And like one show a month, like locally or regionally around here, that's super smart. That's exactly the way that you want to go. 
You think so? Starting out, you think? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. sorry. Like, uh, I didn't mean to get so animated, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, one show oh, a month. Fuck yeah, like, great. <laughs> like, once, I mean, great. don't play in the same venue every right. month, but, you know, once, and then, you know, once you start, just because, you, again, you don't want to oversaturate yourself if you're constantly asking the same people to come. I mean, honestly, yeah. even one show a month sometimes is a little much. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in terms of, like, when you really want to... Unless you're a band that, like, you go to a bar, you go to a club or whatever, and, like, Friday nights are, like, your fucking thing. Like, people show up to see yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like the best. Unless you're, like, one of those types of bands, which, like, you can easily get... Uh, easily. No. Which is, like, you can get to. I won't say easily get to, because, yeah. like, you can't. But, um, you know, and then, you know, you could do something like that, but... A lot of times those bands are like cover bands or bar bands. But something cool about Fool's Brew that they do. Do you guys do you guys know who Fool's Brew is? They're really cool. They're like a hard just a hard rock, like heavy metal fucking band. Like they draw a lot of influence from like Trivium and like Killswitch and um you know, different, you know, early metalcore and heavy metal bands now. Like they just do like a really good and they're so tight. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> but uh Oh, fuck, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> fuck. Something they do, they do something really cool. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> well, um, what Fool's Brew does is is they'll, they can do like a three, out, three and a half hour set. Wow. Because they learn a shitload of covers and then they also have like an entire uh, discography of originals. So, wow. Wow. they play into two different scenes. And I've seen them play like all local shows where like they come and like they pack the place in with like people that know their music and shit like that. And like with a bunch of other bands that are on, you know, on the same level, like they play with us and stuff. And uh, people, you know, people go nuts for them. You know, they, they do really, really well. But then they'll go and they'll open up for like, a Judas Priest cover band and there's like 150 to 200 what? fucking like awesome. biker people in there and they're <laughs> getting fucking paid because like you get that many oh, people yeah. into a bar. Dude, I will say one thing, being the building manager here and seeing how many bands and what the local scene is like comprised of, listen, if you want to make money in music, don't write your own songs. Play 80s covers if yep. you're in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Play Absolutely. 80s covers and you will you will always have a gig. Like, 110%. I don't, I don't care. And I, it's, I used to be like a, like, a, like a shitty little pretentious fuck. Like, they're not real bands. Dude, we're writing real shit. And then it's like, you just realize they're just dudes who want to play music. And I want to do the same thing. And these guys are making money doing it too, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, fucking, I have to uh, probably having a blast doing it too. shit outside? Whiskey oh. romance? Who the fuck is that? <laughs> The uh, modern day Romeos. Modern day Romeos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. They're cool. one time. They're awesome. Uh, no, but I mean, like, I, 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 dude, I've totally made that argument before, and I used to totally be like that. We're like, oh, dude, those fucking wannabe, you know, posers. Like, just, just dumb, stupid, right. stupid, oh, dumb shit. Dumb shit. Yeah. yeah but then, is. like, you, you grow up and you realize you're like, and you're in a band and you're doing originals and you're like, oh, fuck, those guys just walked away with like a thousand dollars from right, one yeah. show. Like, holy shit. And they do that every Friday. Yes, they do. Props to them for making it happen. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's great, man. As long Love as those fun, Who cares? Yeah. I've seen them be a, uh, a lot more active in the last couple of months. I've, a lot of them do. I've actually considered doing that in the past, being in a cover band. The only problem is like, I am, I'm a gear snob. These guys know that. And like, we'll talk about that too. I, I usually do like a little bit, like when I have bands on, I usually get like 
the one guy that's like a total just yeah. And I feel like and he just leans forward. He's always like, dude, let me fucking tell you. Like if I was in a cover band, I would have to buy so much gear to authentically replicate each, you know, song that I'm covering. Oh so, my god, no shit. Yeah, dude. Like if I'm gonna Let's do get a cover the proper band, tone, I'm just go get, all out. Just get a just get a Kemper then, dude. I was gonna say nowadays every single thing. That's back back then, I'm not sure if that was out yet when I was thinking about doing that. They probably had like an older version, but nowadays, yeah, I would totally just go like Axe Effects or something and just yeah, get a rack system, that. and then yeah. then you literally could do that. You could literally just model. I mean, everything. Like, that's a lot of different guitar tones to model because if you're doing like a full like two and a half hour set of like fifty yeah. bands, like <laughs> dude, you're like holy shit. I would have to make like fifty different patches. You have to get yeah. every get everything synced up on like a click track so that everything. I guess on a click track, just like a. a I don't know what the actual technical term is, but like there's a map, I guess, because like you can just lay it out and so that all the tones come right at, you know, when you. Oh, need a MIDI map it. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. You go. So yeah. it changes it for you, but it's like you still got to make all the different patches. Yeah. So do you guys do any kind of uh, rack unit or anything like that? Or are you guys just all raw power? Yeah, pretty much raw. just guitar, bass, and drums. Yeah. Straight up. I, uh, I've thought about having a full like. MIDI setup and everything, but uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of work and so much can go wrong. So I want to keep it as simple as possible. Yep. So I love, I love how stoked you get about gear, dude. It's so funny. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love gear so much. Yeah. <laughs> dude, fucking nerd out, man. Do your thing. What do you want to know? He's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't give him. Don't give him free reign. I mean, what do you have? Like, what are you working with right now? I don't know where your shit is in here. That's my there stuff in the corner. I don't have my guitars here, but basically, I have. Kind of a generic setup, but it works. Uh, so I have an ESP LTD M1000 that just has some Duncans loaded in it. Super simple, Floyd Rose. Um, then I have a bunch of pedals, which I'll get to in a second. And then I have a PV6505 Plus head. Oh, me too. And a Mesa Boogie 412. It's the best head. I traditional size that. cabinet, yeah. It's so old school. Then I have uh, Maxon OD for my boost. It's like the most generic setup ever, but God, it sounds so good. Right, <laughs> hey, dude. Fuck it. So I've been using that. And then, um, yeah, with Lumiel, I do a ton of effects. So I got like a delay, reverb, this like cool tremolo pedal You got that Hall of Fame thing. pedal? Huh? You got that Hall of Fame on there? I don't have the Hall of Fame. I have, a, it's called, it's a company called Nunember and they make a reverb pedal called the Seraphim, which is the coolest name. But it's like this crazy, I can't even describe it, like ethereal. Uh, it fills in the space. It's the air element. So it's, it's the, oh, the okay. shimmery yeah, yeah. kind of it's ambient. Like a, uh, is like that kind of like a swell behind it? Yes. Of? I can make it pretty ridiculous. Oh, really? Uh, certain times, yeah, it'll just, because it does like 20 or 30 seconds, you know, the tail of it. Sure. So it's just so ridiculous. It's really pretty. I think being a three-piece, it really adds that, you know. That not that you need a fourth element, but if you did, but yeah, it adds yeah. that thing that like yeah. may be missing for like I mean because every song, dude, like there's, I mean there's no shame in looking at your music and going this is still missing something. Like, this right. still needs something, whether it's like just ambient, you know, synth or strings behind it. Yeah, or, yeah. especially being instrumental blown. and uh, not having keyboards or a lot of other instruments right. going on. You know, it it really uh, completes the sound. Yeah. You can hear the pedal on our track Iovis. Um, it's all over that. Yeah. Yeah, it's especially like you can hear all the swellies and stuff. So if you're curious about that pedal, I highly recommend it. I don't know if the guy still makes it. It's just uh, a dude in California. Um, so he might not make it anymore. I'm not sure. I haven't checked his website in a while. But uh, 
yeah, what else? Uh, it's like a kid on Christmas telling all his friends what he got. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Don't ask him what he wants because there's a whole oh, other God. list. It's cool though. You've actually stuck with the same amp for a while. I'm proud of you, dude. Because it used to be like every yes. six to eight months, I would I'd walk in here and there'd be new everything, and I'd be like, "What happened?" He's like, "Yeah, dude, fuck that old thing." Like I, I've changed this where it's at. And entire then rigs, month, yeah. so many times. Yeah, and then eight months later, it's like, "Yeah, dude, fuck that. This is where it's at." And I was like. All right, dude. Yeah. Damn. It always sounds good, dude. So I trust Jay uh, (laughs) completely with guitar tone. I hit stuff with sticks, so I don't understand. I probably don't even know how to plug this mic in. Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's easy. Is this an XLR? I don't know what that is. It is. Oh, wow. See, look. There you go. See? Yeah, dude. It's easy. You nail it. All right, cool. So, yeah. XLR quarter inch. I know everything I need to know. (laughs) I'm a drummer. I've actually, yeah, dude. I didn't know how, uh, I didn't know you actually had those chops until like, I think it was that. You remember that day, a couple months ago, I walked into Dave's room and you were just down there hanging out and you were just fucking around on his kid. It was definitely back over the summer because I think we were jamming with Dave because we didn't have a drummer yet. Was I drinking? No. Okay, good. I don't think so. But you were like, you didn't like break in there and like was was, fuck. I, was I playing his drums? Or was I just talking gear with him? No, you were straight up playing him. Oh, I didn't know you could play that good. I didn't know you that tight. Oh, well, thanks, dude. I've been playing for like 15 years, so hopefully I can play decently at this point. Otherwise, I just like give up the ghost at this point. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. So yeah, thanks, man. You guys are you guys are really good too, man. I really, oh, thanks. That drummer, though, I gotta say, dude, your new drummer, that guy. What's his name? Uh, Nate. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I knew that. Name. Name. His name is uh, new drummer. Than him. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, he's dude tight. But I gotta say, man, his kit looks a little wacky. When I walk in there to change the. Uh, the temperature in there. Yeah. I'm like, how does he play this thing, dude? Because he plays super tight. And I'm just like, this kit looks like somebody just threw all this shit together on stage. Every, no offense to him. No offense. Everybody does their thing. Every uh, fucking no drummer's got, good. every fucking drummer's just got like, part of that too is so like, he's got a lot of new hardware and like re-upped on like, like he just got like, when we got him into the band, he hadn't been playing for a while. Okay. So he, uh, the shells are fine. They just look a little old. They're, they're, the shells are fine. He just redid uh, all the heads, top and bottom, nice. brand new cymbals, brand new sticks. Good. That's he makes it sound good and he fucking crushes it, dude. So totally, man. That's, awesome. uh, that's all that matters. Yeah, it seems like you guys had exploding drummers for a while. So that's kind of, sorry. Dude. I Obviously, that hurts. <laughs> dude. Like, look. He's like our fifth or sixth drummer. It's just like a fucking drummer thing. I don't, no offense. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just, I think honestly, it's like your guys's, the reason we've had problems with drummers, we just always feel that like their heads are always in different places and all this other stuff. And I feel like, because <laughs> it just kept consecutively happening, happening with drummers. And so we were all just like so frustrated. Like what the fuck is setting us apart from then, like this is so, this is too consistent. This is not coincidental. Yeah. And so, you know, we were just thinking, like, maybe it's because they have to split their brain four different ways to play their instrument, and their <laughs> your guys's brain is just <laughs> not on one fucking thing. You're just always constantly looking at d- different yeah. shit. We're definitely an interesting breed. I think of people like me and you know Dave or whatever, like. Dave's just a fucking animal. Dave is yes. an animal. Dave is yes. literally a fucking animal, a, dude. A centaur that <laughs> doesn't have a horse body. Like, that's Dave. He almost does. He almost does. And his just double bass chops and everything. And he's always like hard on himself because he doesn't think he's tight enough. And I'm always like, dude, you're no, he's rushing it. You're Dave, like so if, you're, if you're listening to this, dude, you- I love you, Dave. You are amazing. I just saw Dave dude. Down, in, uh, down in the lobby. Oh, good. good. At the bar. Yeah, of course. At the bar, that's of course where he is. Loud feather He's bar. He's eating his protein and mid farting steak. Yeah, dude, it's just it's. I don't know what it is with drummers, man. I don't think. Am I am I that way? 
No, I, I think there's like there? a there's like a weird little black hole in every band. Like you know, I've, I've been in bands before where it was the bass player or the vocalist. So you just like oh you for can't sure find the right guy. And that's one thing that we talk about all the time is how important it is to have the right combination of people. And it sounds like duh, of course, but like so many it bands, really you matters. Got, if you got four out of five people really trying to make something out of their project, that one guy who's you know whatever doesn't show up or he doesn't care, he's an alcoholic or whatever it is like that will hold the band back 100% of the time. And you have to be okay letting someone go, you know, if they're not the right fit. Dude, it sucks too, especially like if they're your friend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, they usually are. That's and you the know thing. you're like, this is totally going to ruin a friendship. Yep. Like, this is absolute, I'm never going to speak to this person again. Yep. They're going to take this really poorly. Like, this is going to go well. What was yeah. your worst experience with that? I want to know. Like, who was the person oh, who like freaked out and was like, dude, fuck you. Like, that ever happened? <laughs> No. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I want to hear, hear the details. <laughs> um, so we're actually really tight with this dude now. I'm not going to say his name, but we're actually really tight with this dude. When we were known by numbers, like way, like way. So even before known by numbers, Austin and I were in a band called Without a Sound. Mm-hmm. And it was like just like a crummy little rock band. It was actually, it wasn't terrible. I mean... The vocalist was really bad, but the band, the music was actually wasn't terrible. But anyway, so it was just like a, a like a all rock band, and then we formed Known by Numbers, and we had the same drummer from Without a Sound, so we brought him over. He was a good dude, but like just didn't have his shit together. Mm-hmm. Like that was just like a that's just been a consecutive thing. Like the drummer just doesn't have their shit together for us, and so like bummer. <laughs> <laughs> so dude, yeah, because like of all instruments, it's just like. God. I've always made that case, dude, that a band can have sickest guitar players, bass player, keyboard, vocalist. That drummer is not tight or cannot keep time. The whole band sounds like shit. Yeah. yeah. But conversely, if the whole band is off or out of key or not singing the greatest, but the drummer's tight, it's still listenable. Yep. You, you can notice you that? Can, yep. You can pass it. So. Yep. But, uh, so this dude, I wasn't even there for this. I was, at the time I was seeing this girl and I was up at her lake cabin or whatever with her family. So I, I didn't have any service. And, but every now and then, you know, like when you don't have service and then suddenly you get service and your phone just like, yes. just blowing yes, up. Yep. Like, so that's what happened. So I walked outside the cabin one day and my phone just fucking exploded. And I'm getting all these texts and, and Austin's like, get in the band chat. And everyone's like, you know, this was like six. Yeah, this was definitely like six years ago, six and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, like get in the band chat. So we get in the, you know, basically what had happened is, and I still couldn't read all the stuff. Like I was like, fuck, you're going to have to call me. And I got the, I got, I, I got filled in. And what had happened was a few members were going to go to Six Flags, but the drummer didn't have a job and it did, therefore didn't have any money. And, but he expected one of them to pay for him. And they, now granted, if this was the first time and he was like, yeah, I'll pay you back probably wouldn't have been that big of a deal. But this was like time number 9,000 that they were like, that he was like, you know, pay for me, please. (laughs) He was polite. You know, and they were like, no. So he got super pissed off that they all went without him and he felt left out. He felt, you know, he was super mad and I guess he was cussing every, just kind of go back and forth. It wasn't like really like a big fuck you. Yeah. It was just like, get off your fucking high horse. You guys, you know, suck, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. Well, you know how in fights, 
start, they transpire into yeah. other yeah. shit. And- well, yeah, because it's been however long you guys have known each other and every little thing that's ever happened gets stored in the memory bank and then so, when something breaks. Yep. So, you know, so he he does that and quit. This is like a month after our first show and he does that and he quits. Uh, so then we were not a drummer again for six months. But yeah, so that was really the only time that anyone was ever just like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've, oh. I've ne- Thankfully, like, those times have never really come about where it's like all out shouting match, like, fuck you, this big thing. It's definitely gotten emotional before, but never like, never uh, anything violent or angry. Good. We always, good. we always yeah. prepare like it's going to happen. We're always like, right. dude, yeah, right. cause you never know. Yeah, you guys, I mean, you guys have all fucking been there. Like, when you're kicking yeah. someone out, you're like, dude, all right, if it gets fucking bad, like, we're just, you know, <laughs> like, we just got to handle it this way. We just got to do things like this. Yeah, You know, totally. like, you're trying to, like, macho it up. Like, yeah, handle exactly. this right And then now. it totally doesn't go that way at all. No, right. And, like, like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, oftentimes <laughs> it's very sad, and you're like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, this dude really cared about us, and now we just did this. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah, brutal. like, I've totally been there where, like, you know, you're you're just like, oh, shit. Like you're a great person, but you're not gonna, you're not working out. Yeah, yes, it's been a long road of that. Yeah, yeah. Jason. I mean, even Dev too. I mean, Jason and I have done it together, but Dev had his own thing too. With oh yeah, band, I had know. a guy uh, sue tried to sue my last band when we kicked him out. Like he, uh, we were, told me we that. were, yeah, we, we were. So we were preparing to go on this little tour, and uh, the the dude was in the band at the time. He ended up leaving a couple months before the tour, and it was like a non-refundable deposit that we put in. So he wanted his piece back, and we we're like, "Sorry, man, like the money's already going to the promoter. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the the tour was overseas, so it was like the money was being put into action." You Did know? you guys get to go? Yeah, yeah, we still went. We got another bass player and everything, and it ended up working out. But he was he like threatened to take legal action against us, and uh, and it was really it was almost kind of schizophrenic because on his last day, he like came out. And we were in college at the time, and he, he came out with, like, a case of beer at, like, 9.30 in the morning. He was like, oh, I just don't want any hard feelings. And we're like, dude, we've got to go to a class, man. <laughs> we can't have a beer with you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, all right, all right, that makes sense. And then, yeah, a couple of weeks went by, and he uh, started threatening to get a lawyer, and he wanted his deposit back. We didn't have his money, you know what I mean? It's already, yeah, uh, it's already gone. So, uh, and it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I ended up being the one who actually had to talk to him and be like, you know, it's weird because I wanted to stay friends with the guy, but it's like, unfortunately, it's a non-refundable deposit. We don't have your cash. You know, it, you left the band. Like, it kind of, right. it is what it is. So uh, he eventually just kind of disappeared and uh, never never got any lawyer notifications. I think he, he knew he didn't really have a case. Well, I mean... You never know, man. I mean, shit. Your share to go over, do an over. How long was the tour? Uh, 10 days. Yeah, so like... I don't know what, probably a couple thousand a person. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, I mean, I think the deposit we just had to put down to reserve our spot on the tour on the bus and everything was like a few hundred dollars a person. So it wasn't even a huge amount. Um, you know, understandable that someone would want that back if they're not on the tour, but it's like you signed the same contract we did. Right. You know, like yeah. it's not like we just have your money. So That's people get people though. get crazy. It, leaving a band is like, I've always compared it. It's exactly the same as a breakup. You can't like, yeah. and if you're the one, if the band completely breaks up, like, you know, you, you have to take it easy for a while. It's like, you can't jump into jamming with other people right away. You know, it's totally. too soon. You can't do a rebound jam. <laughs> yeah, you can't. It doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah. It does not work out. A uh, rebound jam. Yeah, we've That's, all tried it. it yeah. Work. Yeah. You got to get to a point out. where you almost like set the idea of being in a band free. And then that's you that's know, when you're ready to be just like that's yeah. when the yeah. perfect girl exactly. shows up. That's when the band shows up. That's when I met these guys. Is when I just kind of like, 
you know, because it's when you're not in a band but you're a musician, there's always that thing of like, you know, what am I doing? Why am I not living my dream right now, which is making music with right. other people? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's how I kind of met these guys. I feel like it was kind of a manifestation almost. I was thinking, I was kind of thinking I was going to be in a funk band actually. I kind of like envisioned it in my mind. That's why I was like, I've kind of done that's that. That's the next adventure. I've done the metal thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, the, poof, here we are. Crazy how that all worked out. Yeah, yeah it it's crazy that wild. I mean, so we had kind of a similar situation with our with an ex member where we had all already paid for something, and he didn't ask for the money back, but like he had already paid for it, but then you know he wasn't going to get to go, and it definitely wasn't thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's good. but it was definitely like I think it was like something like seven hundred and like fifty some odd dollars I think, and. uh so we just we didn't really feel right taking his money, yeah, and then not going to do you know not going off and recording without him. So we just decided to give him his money back, you know, just as kind of like a there's no hard feelings, yeah. But you know, it's a lot different, you know, for I think something like your situation where one, it's a tour overseas, and two, it's you know. Instead of several, a couple hundred dollars, it's a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, you know, it's like, dude, we can't just fucking make that right now. Like, right. I don't have, like, <laughs> you know, we didn't foresee this happening. Yeah, you know totally. I mean? Like, yep. Like, this yep. is, this, Absolutely. what money did that guy, what money did that guy think he was going to get from you? It's like squeezing blood out of a termite. Like, what exactly. is, you know, exactly. Like, like, <laughs> it's like, we're all struggling he musicians. Knows you. Like, like, he's, he's like, yeah, they're not. Yeah, I, I paid for my deposit with my change jar that I've been saving for, like, <laughs> I had this big, like, m- two gallon fish bowl filled with change that I've been saving for That's probably totally five a, years. A thing, too. Yeah, so dude, you're funny. you're going to school. You don't have money to be in a band and go on tour, but like yeah. when opportunity knocks, you sell you everything it. you own. You gotta just, do it, yeah. Yeah. That's cool so, as shit. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. It was cool. That's wild. So was this a metal band you did? Yeah. Yeah. My old band is called Age Varies. We're uh, kind of like I guess we called it like a groove core band. Um kind of Influenced by the the groovy Pantera Lamb of God side, yeah. but also a little bit more fresh deathcore influence. Oh um, fuck yeah! Okay, so yeah, we just happened to know the right people and got invited on this little ten day tour with this uh, super death metal band, Blood Soaked, in uh, Europe for ten days. So Europe, it was Europe. in Europe. <laughs> Europe, but it was pretty dope, dude. That's fucking rad. Yeah, it was. It was a unreal, man. I Do mean, you know who the tour company was? Uh, I don't. I might have known at one point. I know every year Blood Soaked goes back there. The main dude is... Um, How long ago was this? This was 2014. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So that's... Yeah. It's a little... It's a hot minute. Good six years. Yeah, yeah. It was It was a while ago, but it was It was crazy, man. It was. It just kind of came out of nowhere. So we were super fortunate. You can't say no to something like that. You no. Know, we'd only been yeah. banned, I think, yeah. for like a year and a half at that point. So. You definitely don't say no to something like that. Yeah. That's... We're trying to just work up to... Like, we're... We've definitely done touring, and we're just trying to get set up for that now. Our managers kind of just, we just, sometimes we just keep getting, we'll get pitched, like, tours. Because every, probably two weeks, he'll, like, pitch us to tours, and, like, or he'll give us tours. We'll be like, hey, do you want to go on this tour? And it just hasn't been, like, something that's going to be worth it. You know, like, we weren't, we weren't going to make enough money. Like, I think if we were younger, we would do it, you know, for the experience. Which, like, you definitely should. Like, I've, I've totally said this before. Like, if you've never toured before... But your goal is to do that and you're really putting all your stock behind your music or like even if you're like a fucking comedian or something, you know, like whatever. Like if your plan is to hit the road, like, and you really want to do it, you have to plan accordingly, yep. you know, and on all sides. So, I mean, you'll never be perfectly prepared, but 
I so like I, I think that if you're gonna do that, you should absolutely just do it. Mm-hmm. Get set up, figure it out, and do it. Learn along the way. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, the the, the one thing I would I guess it's a balance because you're always gonna be better off trying it out and trying and failing than not doing it. Sure. But at the same time, if you can tour in a place like Europe where they value international music and they will come see you even if they've never right. heard and of you. That's what I've heard that it's that's, wild. That's that, how like, it was because their metal scene is like it's huge. It's like our like country scene. Yep. Like and it's not pop, but it's like right fucking there. Totally. And people will come out because they they hear on a Tuesday night that there's a show at some local bar with some American metal bands and like a hundred people will show up. Whereas here in America, I mean, if, if that that just doesn't happen. I think maybe back in the eighties <laughs> that might sounds amazing, dude. I'm just so used to people. I mean, I think you can totally relate to this too, dude. Like, like you show up to a place, you're set up. Ten people are like hanging out, and then like they all just stand by the bar, or whatever. And they just look at you with like arms folded, like, all right, let's see your shit. Oh, it sucks, you know. Right. And it's like then they leave. We've all played to nobody. Yep. It's not even just playing to nobody. It's playing to people who are just like <laughs> unamused, apathetic. Yeah, just unamused. like all right, cool. Yeah, play your little, do your little band, and you're just like, oh my god, like why? Oh, it sucks. It's the worst. You feel like a like a, the smallest person ever, especially when you're on tour and that happens. Like, we played six shows on tour where like there's a ton of people there and the place is, is places lit, and then the next night, dead, nobody there, stuck. <laughs> on the last tour we did. Uh, Los Angeles was the worst show we played by far. It's partially because, I mean, I don't think we were stuck with the right bands, but like at the same time, we, we didn't have a pull out there. But um, at the same time, like the the show started so late. The venue is, was neat. It was, you know, it was punk rock, but like, you know, there was no promotion or anything like that. Got any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> there anything else you want to know? requests? <laughs> no. I would, I would I love mean, to... Like, I kind of want to know, like, are you guys looking to tour? Yeah, Is that something you guys are eventually going to yeah, get up to do? Ultimate, yeah, that's my goal. It's the dream. Yeah? You know, to get the hell out of this place because I don't enjoy. Uh, I love Algonquin. It's my home, but I don't like Illinois or Chicago at all. Sorry. Sorry. I'm going to get hated for that. Maybe. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't really care. Like, I'm not like, dude, this is where I'm from, dude. Like, <laughs> right. No, nah, I'm not really even from. It's just like, the winners suck. I just want to go on the road and just play music in other awesome places and just dude, live the lifestyle. Like, I think we can handle it. You know what I mean? At this point, I probably can't, but I think we can. So, might as well try. Do it smart. Play regionally. Don't try and go across the country like we did because, I don't know, there's no point. Develop yourself, like, regionally, like, you know. Spiral out. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. once wise advice. It's, I mean, it's just kind of, like... It's the smart thing to do, and it's the one thing that we didn't do. Um... We we kind of have that going now. We have like a regional presence, but the best thing you can do is like a, is develop a regional presence because labels, tour agents, managers, everybody that you know can take you to the next tier and the next tier and so on is looking at you know so they're really good in their hometown or they're really good in their home city, you know Chicago, Algonquin, whatever. Uh, but then they can go and play like Milwaukee and they do really well up there, and then they can go play Minneapolis and they do well over there and. You know, same thing in Des Moines and so on and so on. So, like, when you have this kind of regional presence, then you really start, like, you really start turning, like, you know, heads. Yeah. I don't know what what, what other body part I was about to say there. You really start yeah. turning, like, you know, yeah. fingers. Yeah. You're Next. turning legs, bro. <laughs> A lot of shoulder rotation, <laughs> hey, you know, once you really get to yeah. People are literally twisting in half <laughs> to awesome. see you. I would love to have people twisting in half over our band. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of the goal. 
I mean, you just have to keep at it. Yeah. It's it's uh it's been it's been difficult, but I think it's difficult for everybody. Nobody's without their struggles, and yeah, I think we also don't like fit into like a genre that is like like a hundred percent us. Yeah, it's yeah. not super like, easy to pin down, or like super easy to market. That's why we, I think post rock is the best thing for us. You know. So that's why I try to. I just love that community. Dude. I just love how they're all yeah. into each other's. I love shit. the like, sound. I should say we because I'm a part of it. Like I, we all love listening to the other bands, checking out. Like, oh, it's something dropped on YouTube. Somebody's got a new premiere on you know where Post Rock dwells, and we're like, oh, this is sick. And then, or did you hear this new thing that came out? No, dude, I'll check it out. You know, like uh, I know all three of us have really been listening to Holy Fawn a lot lately. That band. I think I saw you post something about dude, them. Dude, they're amazing. amazing. Oh my god, yeah. the feels for. For days, shout out Holy Fawn. Those guys are yeah. The Their singer's so good too. Like it's just pure <sighs> emotion. It is amazing. I want to cry. I don't know that person's name, their singer, but I saw this video for their song Seer. Yeah, and that dude, Dev. I gotta tell you, you got a beautiful body, man. But that kid, that guy, <laughs> that guy is just he's got it. He's He'll got get that, you. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty good on stage. And like, well, I don't know. Who he's Better into. than Dave. Better than than he's no, not like that dude. He's got that presence. You know what I'm saying? And this guy's listening to this right now. We like, <laughs> he's like what the fuck? Like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's like, dude, I'm gonna find this guy and kill him. No, what no, the hell? No. I'm giving I'm, compliments. Whatever that guy's looking for, he's getting it after the show. I'll tell <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> <laughs> they are the most like emotional sick band I've heard. In Holy fun! Holy fun! Yeah, dude. shout yeah, out they, one time. They yeah, create man. some really, really uh, meditative moods that has really inspired us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, ranges. You know them, and, I, and and a lot of the bands. On Where are they from? Ranges? No, no, no. Oh, Holy fun! Uh, from Arizona. Oh yeah, they're from Arizona. Yeah, they just played in Chicago, and we missed the show because I was broke, so I couldn't go. Where they play? Uh, fuck, Concord. Oh, so they're like that. They play with Thrice. Like, oh, shit, really? And Me Without You, yeah. Damn, play, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, they were like the opener that, I, you know, most people probably didn't know, but should fucking know, you know? But you're like one of those people. That, that's cool. I always like seeing like when I go to like shows like that, like big shows where like there's that opener that, you know, gets to go out and nobody knows who they are except for like a hand, handful of people. The front of stage. Yeah, and they're yeah. just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, oh, I'm sure that feels fucking sick. Yeah, yeah they were really cool too because we've been messaging a lot of bands in the scene trying to just let them know, hey, we're here and we love your stuff and, like, specifically mention tracks that we've been digging, you know, and, like, really connect with bands that, like, Myriad Drone, Slow Crush, they're awesome, too. Check out Slow Crush. They're mm-hmm. fucking beautiful music. Oh, um, Hubris. They're Hubris, too. Really they're one. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone has just been super sweet and supportive so far. Everyone who's, whether they're in bands or not, I mean, the feedback we've gotten from people is just is so positive and inspiring. Um, everyone seems to be... In, in the post-rock genre, at least so far, it's like a really just open-minded community. Everyone's excited to hear new stuff. It's yeah. Not, yeah totally. It's not like the cutthroat Zero music hate. industry that, you know, you think it yeah. to be. And that's why I think cultivating the scene was like a big point I was trying to make is because I feel like when you look at that scene of people, like they just spread love and they just are like, oh, this is awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they just, they're so stoked about each other's projects and they're all working together or talking about stuff. And I think that's why, you know, Jay with like the pedal boards, they're all doing that. And it just yeah, becomes like that. a whole like tight knit group that I'm just blessed to be a part of. Cause I, you know, I guess, like I said, I, I guess we're kind of post-rock. I don't even want to call us that because I don't. it's not really up to me. Like I said, but, you get to talk and hang out and you get to meet new people and that's like the biggest way that you yeah. develop your whole fan base is like, you know, especially like if you're just a local band or if you're just starting out, like, you know, 
or even if like you know you're you're all scene gods, but you know the the band in which you became that is no longer a thing, and then you have to start a new one. Like you still need to go out and like network. It's like the biggest thing. It's what a lot of I think a lot of younger guys don't, a lot of younger bands and acts don't do is they don't realize how important it is to get other. You want to get other people on your side. You want to get people talking mm-hmm. about your band, even if yes. it's like a guy and another band. You still want people hearing. You know, you're oh, dude, I've heard about that band from like four people. You know what I mean? Like yeah, after the, and that's the thing too. Word of mouth. Is always the best advertising. Oh yeah. So yes. when you have when you have friends or people telling you like, dude, you gotta listen to Arabella, dude. Check out this track, dude. You know what I mean? Like you'll be like, cool. Like you'll actually give it more of a thing than if you saw a Facebook ad or if you saw something yep. forward. You know what I mean? Like that's it's still mean, word of mouth. Definitely yeah. still leaves a, a bigger impact. Like, uh, so we just played a show on January twenty sixth. And then the next night, the same tour package played at the same venue, just with a few different bands. The One of the bands was Tanzan. Tanzan. And <laughs> I think I'm just going to do that every time I say Tan. Every time I say Tanzan, I'm just going to go Tanzan, Tanzan. <laughs> um, and then uh, Havens, which is this really cool, like, post-hardcore band. You guys would probably really like them. Sweet. Super, super dope vocal ranges. Anyway, there's a, there was a band on there, a uh, couple older guys, but, like, they're... You know, I don't even know how to say their name. It's like Thesaurium or something like that. It's like P T H I U R S M. I don't know. I don't even know. What, what if? What are the odds? I just fucking nailed that. Just, that would be just nailed that. I can't pronounce it, but like on the cuff, I'm just like boom, spelling bee, got it. And uh, but yeah, he was telling me, uh, or uh, Armin was telling me that those guys are fucking sick. So just shit like that, you know. Like if you just get out and play talk to people like the worst is like every band like we've been in this scene with a lot of these same bands i shouldn't say a lot but the same core group like we've been coming up like speaking with ghosts tonson like el famous started a little while like probably two years before known by numbers did um but um and we've been like playing shows with them and now we're like all really good friends and it's part of the reason that you know we are able to get the people to come out to our shows that we do, you know, it's just, it's just a huge thing. And I think a lot of guys, every band that we've ever played with that like was super standoffish and shitty and like just thought they were total rock stars. I, know, I think I know a band we're all thinking of. And it's yeah, just like, gotta come. it's just like, you know, like you could have, uh, could have been cool. They're, go- they're, they're broken up now. Like they're, they're yeah. done. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, you could have been fucking cool. Like, yeah. You that's part of it. Dude. You don't, you don't it's, realize you, you talk, you treat one person the wrong way and you treat, you know, right. that person knows another person's like, dude, don't book those guys or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's or like, whatever, bro, you're playing like, Penny Road Pub. You're not playing the fucking Metro. Like relax. Right. That's how I felt when we just played Penny Road Pub. I was like, but I treated it like the Metro, you know, cause it's right, just like, yeah. it, was, oh, it was our first show. And play it was like, like you're playing. At the fucking Allstate Arena. But just talk to people. Don't be so fucking unapproachable. Right. Like, okay, so don't bring my security guard next time. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Shit. (laughs) I'd be blown. I'd be like, Leo, do you really have a fucking security guard? I just like, (laughs) it's actually Devin. I was going to say, it's just me. I go like this. I just do like this. Get rid of him. I also, I also play in the band. I do security and I play in the band. Yeah, I got a I got a nice suit. One of those little curly, uh, what are those? The ear, uh, the ear pieces. So I can call yeah. stuff in. Yeah. This, Who are you yeah, calling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just calling it in. You're just calling it in. Yeah, no, totally. Don't be a dick and just be cool with other bands. Like, the community, man, like I keep saying, like, that's, that's oh, it's all huge. we have now. That's all we have now. It's huge. Because everything 
you don't sell millions of albums. You don't, you know, not not bands like us at least off the bat. You know, no. unless you get super, super ridiculous, gigantic. So it's, it's like, like point oh oh percent. You yeah. know, it's like that one. You know, think about how many bands and artists are vying for attention and vying for the spotlight. The problem is, is that a lot of them don't do it right. A lot of them don't mm-hmm. do it well. You know, and like. I think we've all like kind of looked at bands and been like, damn, I could like do like, bands that are bigger than you that, that you're like looking at them and you're like, I could do that. Like yeah. we could easily do that. <laughs> we could easily make merch like that. Or we could easily make better music than that. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, sometimes it's like, eh, maybe not so easily too. Cause you, you right. know, you think like you're right. But I think like sometimes we get like, they're playing power chords on stage. Like we could, we could do that. Well, it's not a meritocracy. Right. It's not like, how good are you? How many bands have you seen that crush it and then go nowhere and then they're the bands who are just tight enough and people like it you know what i mean because they do their thing it's not about you know certain things or like even merch and stuff and that's the thing merch and shows is how you make money now pretty much so it's like who's going to be buying that and going to the shows the community your people your scene so it's like unless you're at the point where you can start negotiating guarantees but even then like just start doing that off the bat by the way (laughs) just go for it (laughs) <laughs> We're bringing nobody. We need two hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah, sorry. <laughs> We're not playing unless we. Get Do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> <laughs> no. I think one of the coolest things about living in this time, though, it being the information age, is like you can get your music or your art out there, whether no matter what it is, without even touring. You know, I mean, like right. we we have only played a few shows and we're pretty new but we you know because we had an ep recorded we were able to get that out and now a few thousand people have seen that which is like you know 10 15 years ago that wouldn't have been possible you know a lot of bands that were just starting out were completely unknown until you got a record deal but now although it's you know there's tons of other bands doing the same thing you at least have a, a chance if you have a right like the, the, my whole thing is that like it's awesome it is just as awesome as it is negative yeah like because while it does give everybody a chance, mm-hmm. a platform to put their music on, mm-hmm. the downside of that is it gives everyone a chance exactly. to yeah. put their music out. Yep. You know, like so everything is so fucking oversaturated. But people all the time rise through that and are able to get out ahead of that. You know, I it's a, a lot of times it is luck. Not that it's like a shitty band got huge. I mean, everyone has their opinion of what shitty band got huge, but like, you know, like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, like, but like you, you have to work. Like you don't, you don't get there because your music is so fucking terrible. You know what I mean? Like you just, you eventually just have to, you know, if you're talented enough and you maybe get that one lucky strike or you get just the shot, just the opportunity to do something that might take you to the next level. You can always do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's really wise. I mean, unless unless it's like, you know, there's like eight different red flags. It's just a red flag factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not getting paid. Uh, there's probably going to be nobody. And then we're actually going to charge you to play to nobody. Like, nah, I'm not going to do that. It's a pay to play. <laughs> Sick. That's a thing. Sick. <laughs> this podcast is a pay to speak. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. no. Let me forgot my checkbook. Hope you don't mind a pay and change. <laughs> and by the way, dude, thanks for what you do, man. Like doing this, like this is awesome. Like giving bands a voice to like talk to probably other bands. I hope some other bands check this out. I hope you guys, you know, listen to us. So I think this, yeah, it's a really cool way. And so like I just, um, so I just did uh, this band from, uh, oh my God, I think it's South Carolina. Let me see here. 
Oh my, it's probably North Carolina. I don't fucking know. One of the Carolinas. It is one of the Carolinas. Um, but we played with them on tour. So like, if you like fucking deathcore, right there. Like it's that's <laughs> Winter's Gate. Look them up. They're fucking okay. sick, dude. Dude, anybody still out there making deathcore music? I, it's, I, it's, I salute. It's straight. Because... I mean, it's it, there's a lot of metalcore in it, but like. It's heavy. It's good. It's very good. They're sticking it out, man. It's metal gums and waves. You know, North I feel Carolina. like it's coming yeah, back. Totally. Charlotte, North Carolina. It's where they're from. Um, but I had so I had them on. So now it's like I've had a lot of Chicago acts on. So like I've kind of built it a little bit. Like it's it's known. It's not like the biggest podcast in Chicago by any means. But uh, like I'm I'm gonna start bringing in bands from out of state. Like I just had a band from Texas hit me up, and he actually I'm gonna see if I can look it up here. He, like, works with the Mosh Network? I don't know. Just, like, shit like that. Like, just, like, trying to, like, you know, do to the next step and just, like, bring, like, acts from all over the place and be able to, like, you know, like, if you guys are going back and listening to other podcasts and, like, you hear, like, a band that, like, you know, from some different time or from some different time, from some different <laughs> episode. You know, from... <laughs> this is a time-traveling podcast. <laughs> but, like, a band from, you know, across the country that you might not have heard otherwise. So, I think that's really cool to do. But... Like, the guy in North Carolina doing what Connor's doing. You know what I mean? Like, that's the guy, too. Like, yeah. there's always... A, you, that's the cool. If they can do that and bring Illinois bands over there yep. or whoever, Montana, you know what I mean? Like, that's awesome because... You got to find any way to get people to know about you and to like, okay, I kind of like these guys. They sound like they're goof. Like we're goofballs. Our music is like super, like our song titles and just our the concept of our of our band is like very deep, you know, esoteric stuff. <laughs> and then they, and then people meet you and you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, these are the guys who wrote these fucking songs. Like I kind of like that though because it, it's the comedic relief. But yeah, just getting out there in general, dude, and just getting people to know you. And that's why I love this place too. And having you guys here, having Dave's band here, having Nolan's band and Morian and just you know oh, it's all cool. the guys, dude. Like it's cool. Steve here, yeah, it's just great, man. It's so, cool getting to gotta know each other. Chit chat with everyone. I, I, it sucks I don't really see the Endo Boys Like at all I don't see them either You just have like a band van? Oh, I wish uh, We borrowed my mom's minivan <laughs> Really? Fuck yeah dude So That's the beauty of being a three piece dude Yes We fit all our gear and us into my mom's minivan somehow. Pretty comfortably too Yeah With a couple Topo Chico's Topo Chico's and celery Topo Chico if you're oh. listening Sponsorship <laughs> yeah. We're looking for you Topo <laughs> Well, but the, dude, we know old Topo Chico phase. Bro. You know what that is? Uh, what, no, what the fuck it, is that? Right, so, <laughs> buckle up. Topo Chico is uh, water that comes out of this ancient mineral spring in South America. And uh, people have been going there for thousands of years to get the healing benefits of this water. And uh, luckily, because we live in the times we do, uh, a company decided to bottle it up and ship it up to the United States. And you can drink it. Topo Chico. And it's Topo good. Chico. <laughs> it makes it different. I have a bottle every morning. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's like... Does it taste different? Uh, well, they carbonate it, so it's bubbly. Or... Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty heavily carbonated, which I could do without, but it is what it is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, we drink it before Honestly, shows. Like, I, 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 I really wish... Uh, they, they do piss in it. I kind of wish they wouldn't do that, but they do. <laughs> right. So. Well, that's a... <laughs> That's another conversation. Yeah, that's all another conversation. But it's kind of, <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah, dude. That's how I am with stuff. Like we were drinking wine, and I think would you buy like barefoot? And I was, and I'm like, man, this wine's good, <laughs> cheap. <laughs> It'll get you drunk, though. Yeah, dude, yeah. we get cheap shit all the time. I think on tour, like our fucking 
go-to liquor is tequila. Just oh. some shitty. Okay, have you ever had mezcal before? Mezcal? That's what everybody says. So supposedly there's a certain type of tequila called mezcal. It's like a higher end, but it's also kind of like a subgenre of a so tequila. It's not well known. It's not well known in the scene it's right now. It's very well known and appreciated in mezcal circles. But anyway, supposedly it's got these mystical properties. Like people have been able to communicate with the dead and stuff, supposedly. It's kind of like absinthe, you know, where it's an alcohol, but it's got some <laughs> other stuff going on. <laughs> kind of like absinthe? Yeah. That, I'm probably going to offend all the mezcal, mezcaleros who are, <laughs> who are into that, but... Yeah, I, I ask everyone, any alcohol conversation I end up in, I try to ask people if they've heard of mezcal, and I've gotten like one out of ten. So are you like in these mezcal circles? No, I've never had it. Uh, I, I, just, <laughs> like a fucking, like, I don't really drink, but like a yeah, I, just, I just found out <laughs> yes. about it recently, and then like if it found me, I would probably give it a shot because yeah. I'm into well, that kind been, of thing. You've but. been uh, eating toadstools lately. Too. Yeah, I'd like to do a lot of shamanic experiments, so that would that would, that would would probably make the list. Yeah? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. it. Just microdose yourself, dude. Yeah. You ever do DMT? Uh, I actually have not, but I would like to. Uh, oh, man. I, I really thought you were about to be like, yes, DMT. Well, that's just, <laughs> just a funny thing because Joe Rogan asks that to everyone. He's always like, you ever do right. DMT? Yeah, so DMT is very difficult to find, and it's always been that way. So I've, I've done a lot of research on it for many years. I've been a huge fan of it. I've, I mean, I've read a lot of books and listened to a lot of testimonials and stuff. But uh, it's it's kind of ironic because it's the most common psychedelic compound in the world. It's in like thousands of different plants, but you you try to find it, and it's very very difficult to find. I've never done any psychedelic before. I've only ever I've only ever smoked pot, and Definitely I've only ever recommend it at some point. Just totally trip balls. It's not. It's do it with a respect. You know what I mean? It's not like a get fucked up and you suddenly like you're so fucked up that you. It might seem like that afterwards because you come back down, but. I've done mushrooms a couple times in my life. I'll just say it. I've done it. And it's like, he was just talking about this. We were just talking about this the other day. And like, you, it's, it's, a, it is a mind expander, but it's not in the way you think. And it just, I have two quick stories. I did do DMT, but inadvertently one time. Oh, and then, all right, here we go. <laughs> Strap and in. then the mushroom story. Uh, I was with Jay real quick. We were, we remember we did it. You actually, you have a funny story too, but it's the same story. We took mushrooms and we were eating them and I was like, whoa, these are like really salty tasting. <laughs> and I'm like, these are strong. And I didn't tell Jay, I'm like, these are, these are fucking strong because I'd eaten them before. And we're outside and we've just eaten them and we're standing outside in his driveway and Jay's like, I don't feel shit. The and famous then, words. The famous last words. I don't yes. feel shit. So he smoked a hitter. <sighs> and then when no. it, was, it was like a pulse, like starting at my stomach and it went like, well, you guys can't see it in internet land, but it was like, top to bottom. Like, and I was like, Leo, we got to go inside or whatever I said. <laughs> close the garage, close the garage. <laughs> like, it was Dude, immediate. Yeah. I was like, <gasps> with his, shout out to Cindy, because she yeah. was home, his mom, lovely old little Italian. Yeah, lady. my she's mom, great. she's the best. And uh, <laughs> she was home upstairs. We were in the basement tripping. We were playing, I was playing drums and he was playing guitar and we were just jamming. And then I was just like, <laughs> Oh, shit. I like, seriously I was hope like, my parents are not listening. I to know. This. Sorry, guys, it's it okay. happened. Uh, Sorry, mom I love and dad, you. if you're listening. I love you, Big J and Cindy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just so out of it. He had a good trip. He was like playing guitar and like like understanding the secrets of the universe. And I was in the bedroom, like whoosh, like waves, like pulling me from one way to the other. I felt like I understood all of human psychology in like five minutes. So that was kind of cool. But like, like fuck, hey. it, it metaphorically held me up. This is kind of the more serious point. It was like it held me up metaphorically against the wall and was like cool you see you see this you see jay and the band and 
your family and your friends, like those are the things you're doing right. It's like you see that long list of things that extends into forever. Those are all the fucked up things you're doing. And it's like drops you and then goes, so what are you going to do? That's kind of how I relate mushrooms. Yeah. Like it's a very introspective thing when you don't try to party with it, you know? But that's cool. It is to each their own, but that's definitely what I think it's really good to use for. But then DMT, here's another story. So Steve, <laughs> <laughs> so come back down from the clouds for a second and then we'll go right back up. The uh, Steve, I used to work, I met Steve, our friend Steve Samoji, who also yes. has a room here. Yes. He worked at Sal's Pizza and that's, I got a job there. I got a job there, then he got a job there. I can't remember when. And he was telling me we were talking about DMT because I had just started like reading all the books and getting into it. And he's like, yeah, dude, I, I have some. I smoked some last night. And I was like, oh, dude, what happened? And he's like, nothing, dude. Nothing really happened. I'm like, sure, it's DMT, dude. He's like, yeah, my friend said it was legit. I'm like, all right. So then I'm like, on my break, I'm like, hey, dude, can I get a, can I smoke a hitter? So I went to go in his car and smoke a hitter on my break. I know I'm such a, I'm such a badass. Anyway, I smoked the hitter and then I was like, Phew. I'm like, this tastes weird. You know, I'm like, uh, and I started to feel kind of like, Phew. I sat back in the chair and everything started to become like geometric, but I was still me. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he comes out and he's like, dude, this car smells like DMT right now. <laughs> it was still like resonated in the hitter and he packed weed on top of it. So did you have to go back into work? I had to go make pizzas after that. Oh my God. <laughs> and dude, it was like, I was like, like porn sauce and doing the ladle <laughs> just buzzing yeah yeah it was a, yeah I was also like people are gonna think I'm a drug addict <laughs> I'm like I'm also the guy who takes one hit of like good pot now and I'm like dude I don't know what's going on I don't know who I am like you know I'm freaking out so it's yeah. like <laughs> you're the you're the you're I'm the, the stoner yeah totally but yeah like that, that was my story I don't know if anybody else has got any funny drug stories cause he's never done psychedelics what about you guys <laughs> I mean, I don't have a lot of funny stories. I tend to do these things usually in isolation, either by myself or in like a shamanic setting. Um, really? One of the coolest experiences I had was actually um, these what two. What do you mean shamanic? So I'll tell you. These, uh, <laughs> these two brothers <laughs> that I know, uh, well, I, I didn't know them at the time, but I actually met them through my Reiki teacher. It's a whole thing. Anyway, they, they came up from Peru, and I don't know if they smuggled it or how they got it here, but they had a legitimate Peruvian San Pedro cactus, uh, which is the active constituent is called mescaline. Um, it's relatively unknown and difficult to find here because it usually grows in uh, like desert climates. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, these guys were like straight up from the jungle, and there were only about 10 people, and we were in this really dark room, and uh, – there was this this drink that you would drink, and it was this you know green. They had I think they had some type of like, like desiccated it into this crystal powder, and they mix it into the sacred chalice. And they had this wild Peruvian tobacco that they would smoke and blow on you. And because they believed that the smoke was like a um, a spiritual cleanser, they called it smudging. Where did you do this? Um, when? Where? Oh, um, it's somebody's house in Des Plaines. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, the physical location doesn't really matter. I mean, you just you were just like talking it up like this I mean, was like some sort of oh, like a retreat. Yeah, well, yeah. Place. I mean, so oh. you can go you can go visit these guys in the jungle, um, but that's not you know that's kind of a romantic idea that everyone wants to go you know drink ayahuasca or something in the jungle, but it's not feasible for everybody. And so the really cool thing about these two particular guys is that they're willing to travel up here and they somehow smuggle these compounds into the United States and hold very, very powerful ceremonies. And uh, so, I mean, they, they were, you know, about an hour in after you drink this, you know, they start singing these songs called Icaros, which are 
um, these songs that have been handed down for, you know, generations or like hundreds of years old. And uh, they'll like whistle it first, these two brothers, like in perfect unison. And then they'll just start singing this. And I remember when they first started doing it, I was like, this is, this is real. This is happening. Like I'm in the jungle right now. I'm no longer in somebody's basement in Des Plaines. Like I'm in the jungle. Oh, and uh, yeah, it was completely, cool. completely dark. And I, I ended up being kind of uh, guided through my entire childhood and saw these various uh, geometric shapes that represented people I knew. And uh, it was just really, really powerful. So, I mean, the, the, these plants are teachers. I just want people to know that, that that's an option because a lot of people have gotten bad information. And they're like, oh, these are just crazy, you know, things that are going to rot your brain or, or mess you up. But they, they really, I believe that the earth gave us these teachers for us to learn things about ourselves. And I, I have to say a very big proportion of my, who I am as a person and development of my consciousness has come from these experiences. So if you do it right, you can, you can really get a lot out of it. Really? Yeah. That's insane. That's the craziest trip story I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thanks, man. I've never... Ever, I was on my break going to make pizzas. That's, He's those are the kind of stories I hear. I never I know, heard right. like you guys fucking called some shamans up from South America to come up and do this. Yeah, man. They're, you got to know the right people. But That's you, insane. That's yeah, sick was, as He's fun. got a shaman hookup, dude. You know? I've got yeah. a shaman hookup. I do. So. That's <laughs> quite the hookup, dude. Holy shit. So like... Because I've heard that, like, all that, all those psychedelics, DMT, mushrooms, microdosing, doing all that kind of stuff, it does kind of open your mind to a different feel of consciousness, and you kind of have, you know, it, it just changes your perspective on so many different things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes, it does. So. Spiritual cleansing, dude. Imagine, like, you, like, the way I could describe it for me, and I don't want to front load anybody's experience, but I would like to say, so there's a forewarning, but I felt like, who I am, like who you see as like your identity, the I that is you was everywhere. Cause like your boundary of being in your body dissolve, dissolves. So being in your body dissolves and suddenly you really realize like, Oh, consciousness is everything. And I'm just a body like walking through it. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, Whoa. Yeah. Like you're, it starts to like, I call it zooming out. Yeah. You, you zoom, zoom out. out you see the whole, the whole picture and you're like, Oh shit. It freaks you out. Cause you realize how small you are, but also like how everything is interconnected. And you're just like, yeah. this is insane. Like we have no <laughs> idea the scope of what's happening. Like even though the science and all these things, and I'm not poo pooing science. I definitely think science is a very good thing. And it definitely has its complete merit, but right. it, is, it, it can only measure physical things. There is no metaphysical science. That's all within us. That doesn't mean those things aren't real. It just means you can't measure them with, you know, an electrometer or whatever you mm-hmm. can't, you know, or like a, a scale, you know, so you can't quantify you consciousness. Can't, yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's what this whole universe is it's difficult to understand that. I think. So. Yeah. I see why you fit into this band, Evan. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I see why you get it. Dude, that's fucking rad. Do you guys like derive some of your music kind of from that? Was like take that like absolutely yeah, I think yeah it's definitely absolutely. you guys ever just do shrooms and write some fucking tunes no no it's not like that but i do think that all of those experiences we've had with psychedelics or even even cannabis dude like if you use it properly or if you use it medicinally and not just woo let's get stoned like if you actually intend to do something with it like mm-hmm. take some time off if you smoke normally and then go back to it and try to just really feel some stuff it can bring stuff to the surface and songs are definitely written like that like that's why i asked you earlier how do you guys write because we write by just somebody starts playing something i'll start playing a rhythm or jail start playing a riff or sometimes dev even has a bass line he starts just doing you know and we all just jump in and that's why the task cam is important because you have to record that stuff but 
I was going to ask you, like, what 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 is that? Because I've never worked. We I don't think we've ever worked with one of those. You just need to record your band practices. It's a little task game. It's got two condenser mics on it. Oh, and it just records your and instantly turns it into MP3s that you can put on your computer and just send. Yeah, just you just use. hook it up with a USB. You could send Austin, yeah. like, dude, I just wrote this sick riff. Boom, gone. You know what I mean? Like, not at home. Like, or not even like that. Like, hey, this was our practice from Wednesday. Check out this point at three minutes and fifteen seconds. Check out this sick fill, or check out this. Riff. Yeah, like it's so writing songs is so much easier because I can just listen to our practices all week and go for walks and, and just like too, that fill was dope that sounded like shit mm-hmm. you know yeah and just yeah and it's nice because you can uh, once we zone in on something I can make Leo a really nice pre-pro to a click yeah. track that he can practice to until we practice next time sure. so stuff's constantly getting done it's crazy yeah yeah, that that task cam is definitely the most powerful tool for writing I've ever seen because when we when we get into that zone and you're you're kind of you're not you anymore, you're just kind of a channel for right. that for that creativity flowing through. The part of your brain that remembers stuff, like that remembers what notes you played or what beat that was, that kind of gets turned off. So in most cases, you might have the sickest jam you've ever played and uh, you know, much like the song Tribute by Tenacious D, like you don't remember the song. Like you can't remember. <laughs> so when you have it recorded, like you'll hear at the end of most of our recordings, it's usually Jay's like, please tell me we recorded that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we did. Or we'll just be like, I'll be <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he goes like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah every recording fuck. ends. Yeah. Or if, if it's a bad track, I'll say delete this piece of shit so I know when I'm going through it that I should just delete it yeah. right to the end. So you guys all just splice that in four, three different ways and listen to it on your own and go yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nah. we're all constantly yeah, like it's just one mp3 parts yeah it's just one mp3 track we send to everybody and then we all kind of listen to what we played and what the other people played so like i'm like jay that riff you know four minutes in that's it dev that baseline you know like that's what we got to do you hear how that works there like stuff like that yeah and it gives us so much to reference like you know those are all the tracks we're working on right now and you'll see the numbers next to them those are all the task cam recordings that correspond with yeah, those jams the whiteboard over there. <laughs> oh fuck. so that's that's the system and it's it's oh, that's rad. worked for us yeah. so far. It's beautiful, man. It's just a really cool... It's hard to like try to remember songs week to week. Is that what you guys do? You just kind of like, oh, this is what we did last no, week. No, we sit down we track them. So, like, if someone actually so track Basically, okay. like, what'll happen is, like, usually Giovanni will come to the table with something, and it's just a guitar riff, and then we'll be like, all right, let's track that. Uh, and then we'll just formulate a song around that. Hey, let's add the... Let's make this part a little bit longer. Let's add something here. You know, and then we'll send, you know, Giovanni will record his parts, add that in. Mm. Austin will put bass. You know, I'll come in, like, when we're there, I'll come in, I'll just put down, like, rhythm guitar. And then Chris and I f- sit and figure out vocals. Uh, now we, now that our drummer can, like, program drums and do shit on his own, mm. you know, like, got it. That was, like, the one thing that we were missing is, like, a drummer that, you know, can program their own stuff and, and, you know, function, do their own thing and program drums like a drummer. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's um, hard to do, by the way. It is hard <laughs> to do. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not, it's definitely not an easy thing. If you're sitting at home and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I want to program some drums. You can probably just sit there and feel it out. Like where you're, you know, where you're going to, like, if you're I like, can play at any hour of any day, always, because yeah. right. I'm here. Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I remember it and then I record it on my phone. I just say, hey, yo, this is a drum beat for this song. And then I, I play it. Oh, that's yeah. right, yeah, because you fucking live here. Yeah, thanks for telling everybody. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. This. <laughs> just edit that out. No, it's cool. <laughs> I'm off the grid, motherfucker. I'm on the grid, motherfucker. Yeah, no, so it's awesome. I mean, 
This place is the Palace of Decadence. I fucking fell in love with this place. It is, dude. It's amazing. It's a temple of music, man. We talk about this all the time, like how cool it is to be here at any point because when we see people here, we're seeing people at their best, their favorite time of the week. They're here. They're at band practice Mm -hmm. or they're, you know, even they're just setting up gear or something, talking to other bands. But like, you know, people might have tough jobs, relationship issues, stuff going on at home. But when they're here, they're living their craft and their art. And it's just, it's beautiful being a part of that. It is good. I'll, we always love coming here. Mm. It's a good time. It is. But I think we're almost out. Okay. Sweet. I appreciate you guys coming on and doing this. Thank you. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out REP, the best way to do it is to go to lumielmusic.com. L-U-M-I-E-L music. Uh, or on yeah. Spotify. That's yeah. the best ways to get it. Check out the Hemispheres compilation by A Thousand Arms Music. Check those guys out. Like they're, you know, listen to the bands they have in their roster. They're awesome. Ranges, Kokomo, a bunch of bands on there that are awesome. And uh, just so whatever scene you're in, support it. You know, that's all I can say. Fuck yep. yeah, dude. Thanks, guys. Yep. Yeah, thank, thank you. you.